Welcome to FIA Speaks, a podcast at the centre of the futures, options and listed derivatives markets and the interesting people who work in them, run exchanges and regulate this industry. FIA's mission is to support open, transparent and competitive markets, protect and enhance the integrity of the financial system and promote high standards of professional conduct. Please note we have a lengthy disclaimer that I encourage you to listen to or read at FIA.org. But in short, this podcast is meant to be informative about this industry and should not be relied on for investment advice. And now, here's your host, FIA President and CEO, Walt Lucan. Welcome to FIA Speaks, a global markets podcast. In this episode, we are honored to have SGX Chief Executive Officer, Lo Boonchai, with us today. Welcome, Boonchai, to FIA Speaks. Thank you, Walt. Uh, pleasure to be on this. We are recording today's session uh, at SGX headquarters in Singapore during the FI Asia conference this year. It's a pleasure to be here. Now, you've been CEO um, at at, uh, SGX since 2015, but you're a veteran of the financial services industry, 26 years in financial services. You began your career at MAS here in the regulatory authority here in Singapore. Um, I I was interested to know you have an engineering degree as well. Um, walk us through, how, do, how does somebody with an engineering degree, with a regulatory background, end up in the seat of CEO of SGX today? What, what is your path to that, to that position? Well, I think uh, I was uh, pretty lucky and, uh, and fortunate. Um, I grew up uh, enjoying uh, mathematics and uh, science, and it was quite natural for many to to take on the STEM kind of uh, discipline. Uh, I did that, but I also realized that um, I wanted uh, to teach. Uh, But I guess to teach, you really have to take on more degrees, probably up to a PhD, and just uh, thought that I should be practical around it. And with the training in engineering, I thought maybe that could be applied uh, in the financial markets with math, uh, numbers, and I was uh, fortunate to be given uh, a role in my early career when I first started out at the Monastery Authority of Singapore, where I was part of the uh, reserve management team, uh, looking at the uh, Japanese uh, market, which was uh, clearly uh, interesting in the late 80s. So very fortunate about it. And um, also given the privilege uh, to be a board director of uh, SGX. So there was um, some uh, years ago from 2003 to uh, 2012 for a good period. Um, And then I joined the exchange in uh, 2015 as the uh, CEO. Well, as a teacher, do you use those skills still? I mean, I know you wanted to be a teacher, but I've found in my role, oftentimes you are educating people. I assume you're using those skills as CEO today. Yes, I think it's in many ways. One is, uh, as I um, uh, work with my colleagues, uh, I'm never embarrassed to uh, say one keeps learning. Uh, we learn every day. Uh, I'm not uh, embarrassed to say, I don't know this. Can you explain to me more? And also, uh, as with any leadership roles, I think it's also important to listen. And I yeah. think it's not just about teaching, but also listening. And uh, in many ways, I use those skills, hopefully. Yeah, well, that's a sign of a good leader. So many of our listeners may not understand uh, SGX and its role in the global marketplace. So SGX is a, a multi-asset class a global exchange. 
uh, with derivatives, cash equities, um, data services. Describe a little bit the businesses under the SGX umbrella and where, where uh, revenues come from those different asset classes. So uh, we, we want to be a uh, marketplace uh, that provides a efficient uh, and trusted platform uh, for uh, access into uh, Asian uh, markets. So today, uh, we cover uh, close to 100% of Asia's GDP, uh, to be precise, about 99% of uh, Asia's GDP. And uh, with a view on uh, certain trends uh, that we saw and likely to, uh, to continue, uh, one is uh, lower rates for longer, the continued uh, rise of uh, passive investing, not at the exclusion of uh, active uh, management. And also for many more years to come, I think Asia will be in a good place in terms of relative growth versus uh, many other parts of the world. And uh, in that construct, uh, I think it will be important to try and find incremental returns. In a low rate environment, returns are generally harder to find. And what we've also found, which uh, has been uh, supported by some academic research, is when you invest in Asia, almost 70% uh, of the returns are driven by the right country selection, not so much in terms of uh, asset class allocation. So if you stretch that further, uh, if you want to be the marketplace uh, for Asian uh, financial products, then you need to provide a platform that also offer multiple asset classes. And that's how, why we want to be a multi-asset uh, exchange. Uh, and we're set about it doing that uh, in the last three years. I think we're very well placed today. We're going to cement that position uh, stronger. And uh, at SGX today, uh, there are three main business lines. One is uh, a newly created uh, unit, uh, FICC, Fixed Income Currency and Commodities. Uh, the second one, which is the biggest uh, unit, is uh, equities, which now brings together all the cash and uh, equity of this business. And the third one is our data connectivity and uh, index business. This is supported by a global sales uh, and origination unit. Uh, we expect uh, to be on a path uh, of growth but the mix of the revenues will be different in five years' time. Uh, broadly speaking, FICC and uh, data connectivity index is about, call it 30% roughly. I think that will grow, uh, and the equities will also grow in absolute revenue contribution. And that's the way we see SGX being positioned uh, and to serve uh, market participants in Asia. Many exchanges around the world um, have seen the cash equities business pretty flat and the listings business as well. Um, and they've turned and you saw with ICE buying the New York Stock Exchange, um, you know, the fact that, that derivatives exchanges have a higher multiple, they have more sticky market share than equities business. Is that something also at SGX you're looking at to, to try to find through derivatives and commodity markets, a bit more sticky market share, or are you able to grow the, it sounds like you you, you believe that there's growth in the, on the equity side as well. 
Um, so how are you viewing the, the balance between derivatives and, and equities in your growth path, path for SGX? Yeah, so um, the trends that I mentioned in terms of lower rates for longer and, and passive investings amongst uh, others with higher relative growth rates from Asia, I think plays out uh, in different ways. One is uh, we want to grow uh, in different asset classes. Uh, and I've mentioned in many of my uh, quarterly results briefing, we will uh, bolt on with acquisitions in uh, foreign exchange in the uh, index business. Why is that relevant? Because uh, if you are a participant in the Asian markets, the correlation amongst different asset classes, amongst different products within the same asset classes offers capital efficiency. And I think that's important for participants where clearly capital rules uh, continues to be uh, very tight uh, and uh, stringent. And then with uh, passive investing uh, and also Generally, companies staying uh, private for longer. Uh, the selection of stocks uh, over time will be concentrated on the big index stocks, not to the exclusion of uh, individual stock names because some of the neglected ones could become gems uh, down the line. So you could have a, a platform where you're not just uh, operating or providing access to your own cash equity markets. You could be providing index stock uh, individually access via single stock futures and you could then become a hub uh, for other index stocks of other markets. And that's why we combine the cash and the equity business into one, uh, allowing whether you are retail or institutional participant, the full continuum spectrum of all equity uh, products. Part of SGX's success um, is the fact that it's located in a jurisdiction that um, really, really attracts business and is a crossroads for Asia in Singapore. You're a native Singaporean. Um, what is the secret sauce of, of Singapore? Why, why has business flocked here to establish um, and, and why, why is Singapore well positioned to to service the rest of the Asia community, especially in financial services? Well, I give a lot of credit uh, to our government. I think uh, it's a uh, government that uh, promotes uh, very uh, efficient business uh, environment. It is also a country that is very well connected, whether by air links or even by free trade uh, agreements. and obviously one of the very few AAA countries left and the only one uh, in Asia. So the various characteristics of that makes uh, it efficient uh, and uh, effective for businesses to be a hub uh, in Singapore. Uh, and financial services is one of those. Uh, and in financial services, it's not just uh, capital markets, it's uh, wealth management is uh, commercial banking, investment banking, and uh, transaction banking. Uh, at the SGX, uh, we have the uh, largest market uh, for the iron ore uh, commodity uh, product. Singapore is not a country that imports nor exports commodity, uh, but we could do that because uh, Singapore is a significant hub for the commodity players here. So many of the firms uh, are based in Singapore and they do physical commodities trading and f f uh, futures of 
commodity the derivatives becomes a natural extension uh, of that. So Singapore is, as you mentioned, a, a favorable regulatory environment, rule of law. The government is supportive of your industry, but it's there's a competitive environment out there, and there are others trying to replicate what Singapore has created here. The secret sauce of Singapore. Um, we have, you know, obviously Hong Kong is another jurisdiction that has some of those features as well. Uh, Shanghai is starting to develop free trade zones and, and to try to replicate that in Asia. Gift City in India. Um, you know, where are the, the competitive pressures of other jurisdictions? Where, where are you thinking uh, maybe your competitors and how are you dealing with that as these other jurisdictions try to replicate what Singapore has done? Uh, I think uh, for, for us and for the SGX or maybe even broader for, for any industry, including financial services, uh, probably draw the uh, analogy around the um, African bush. I'm a keen uh, participant of the African bush. And uh, with regards to uh, competitive pressures, uh, I would say we cannot be complacent. Uh, so one analogy uh, I would uh, do that is uh, if you contrast a group of uh, baboons with a leopard, one would generally think that the leopard is a more superior animal. Uh, but actually, a group of baboons could actually kill a uh, leopard. And likewise, if you think it's so easy to track a leopard uh, because you can see the spots, many a times uh, after a while of tracking them, you lose them. So I think we guard against competitive pressure by not being complacent. And uh, also, uh, one of the things I learned about African bush is the bush actually really exists in balance. Many things you observe they really talk about balance, which really means to fight against uh, um, competitive pressures, you've got to bring the whole ecosystem with you. Working with the ecosystem, I think, is equally important to deal with uh, the pressures. One of the big topics of our conference here is China. Um, we always talk about it every year as the second largest economy in the world, and it's opening up its financial markets. Um, so how do you strategically think about China as a, as a partner, as a competitor, um, as that market starts to open and, and also the users of potential SGX uh, products start to uh, have access to those products? How are you thinking about China and how are you thinking about strategic partnerships uh, with the Chinese? Well, I think uh, many things have been said about the size and importance of the uh, China or Chinese market and uh, obviously the path of uh, financial liberalization. I, I share those uh, views. But I also uh, have the view that uh, offshore and uh, onshore markets coexist well to serve uh, participants. So uh, in the 97-98 uh, Asian financial crisis, uh, it was really born out of just purely a undeveloped uh, domestic market in some of the countries uh, and over-reliance on the offshore market. Uh, today, we have a case where China is a significant economy, is opening up its domestic market, yet there are offshore Chinese financial products that exist. So I think the existence and coexistence of the offshore and onshore market will bode well for everyone who participates uh, in the financial market in Asia and in China. And I think China will continue to liberalize 
and allow participation onshore and uh, complemented by a full suite of uh, other offshore centers. We don't talk about India as much, um, but SGX has had a strong relationship with serving the, the Indian community and markets over the years. Um, how are you approaching India as a as a a, a, a um, Asian region, and how how is uh, SGX trying to service that community? Well, uh, India is a equally important uh, market for us. We have uh, a whole suite of uh, Indian uh, products uh, on our exchange. Uh, country is growing uh, well. Uh, there is obviously a trend of uh, positive demographics. Uh, in the context of uh, overall Asia, um, participants may just look at China, they may just look at and also look at uh, India. But what's interesting is in the overall construct, you also have ASEAN. And each of these three blocks interact very well uh, in any of the ASEAN uh, initiative uh, and also in the financial sector. There's always the ASEAN plus China, India, and maybe even Korea and Japan. So I think India will play uh, a meaningful role in the financial uh, portfolio of uh, any investor. One of the other topics that we're hearing much more about at our conferences um, is environmental, social and governance issues, ESG issues. And this came on uh, up this afternoon in our regulatory panel. And, you know, Asia, um, because of many island nations, you know, they're seeing the direct effects of global warming and and how is SGX thinking about uh, the ESG movement, how it can service that investment pool? Um, and are, are there any direct products that you're considering um, on the ESG issue? Yeah, I think on uh, quite a few fronts, uh, we introduce uh, sustainability reporting for our listed companies. So uh, starting uh, for the financial year, uh, that ended uh, 2018, companies have to report on uh, how they deal with uh, sustainability. And then two, we have a vibrant uh, bond listing platform uh, that now includes uh, green bond, sustainability bond. In fact, we just listed uh, a bond uh, uh, on the uh, catastrophe uh, for the region. And then uh, third, uh, as part of our business uh, of offering uh, index, we also have the ability now to do ESG uh, indices and also be able to help uh, investors screen ESG factors when they select uh, a portfolio. One of the things uh, I'm interested in is how do you keep your battery up and, and revved up and energized and, you know, Oftentimes when, you know, you're at work, um, you know, you deplete that energy and how is it that you re-energize yourself? What, what are your passions outside of work? What do you what do you do to make sure that that battery stays up and energized at all times? Well, uh, family is very important for me yeah. uh, as with any role. And I think in this role as a CEO of uh, SGX, I think there are many uh, commitments uh, on work and uh, pressure on time, but family is one coming factor. Spending time, whatever I can find in the family is a very important one. To uh, exercise, yeah. some of the ideas I have comes from running on a treadmill. Yeah. And then third, as I mentioned earlier, I'm a keen participant of the African bush. And uh, I do draw lessons uh, from it. 
and uh, if I am able to... So do you, to, do you read books or do you go to Africa? To, I read books, I go to Africa. Yeah. I go to Africa. What's, what's the latest visit to Africa? Where'd you go? Uh, went to uh, Namibia. Okay. Uh, had a safari, but more importantly, participated with the villagers and uh, also did the uh, sand dune. And I hope one day uh, when I'm less active to write a book on what I call the bush principle, it wouldn't be unique. There are other books out there, but I'd like to offer a different perspective. The philosophy of the bush. I like it. <laughs> yes. I like it. Well, listen, I, I want to wrap up with just your thoughts on sort of the, the growth areas and the, 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 the optimistic view of what SGX is going to be doing uh, going forward. I'm just curious, um, you know, A, what do you think are the growth topics for SGX? And what are you most proud of in your tenure here at SGX over the last four years? Um, there will be many growth areas. Uh, we have embarked on the model of a multi-asset exchange, uh, providing access to Asia. Uh, one of the areas uh, we see is the uh, increasing convergence between OTC markets and uh, listed derivatives. And that could be in foreign exchange, that could be in commodities, that could also be in uh, fixed income. So clearly excited around that. Uh, we also see growth in the uh, index uh, suite of products, more catered around passive and uh, also uh, factor investings. And uh, what I've been truly uh, fortunate and excited about is we have a great team. I mean, uh, this thing about building uh, an exchange business does not come in four years, does not come overnight. Uh, as you mentioned um, at the uh, FIA Asia opening, uh, the mutual offset that SGX had uh, or has with uh, CME uh, is 35 years old. Right? These things do take time and uh, we have a great team working with all participants. I'm really excited about it. And is there one of your achievements over this period of time you're, you're most proud of uh, during your tenure? To be uh, chosen to lead SGX. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a good one. That's a good one. Well, listen, we appreciate you sitting down with us uh, here in Singapore. Um, it's a pleasure, and we appreciate S SGX support of FI and its conferences over our, over our time. So thanks to Boon Chai for being a part of FI Speaks. We appreciate your time. We appreciate you explaining what's happening at SGX and the prospects for your future. So thank you so much. Thank you. We look forward to uh, future and continued support with FIA. Well, thank you. And thanks to our audience for listening. And as always, we welcome your feedback, issues, and ideas at FIA Speaks at FIA.org. Thanks for listening. FIA Speaks is brought to you by the staff of the FIA. Steve Adamski is our executive producer. Cameron Lane is our technical producer, with additional technical support from Craig Richardson. We welcome your feedback on these podcasts at fiaspeaks at fia.org. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only and is not intended to provide investment, tax, business, legal or professional advice to any individual or entity. Unless specifically stated otherwise, neither FIA nor its members endorse, approve, recommend or certify any information, opinion, product, process, service, individual or entity presented or mentioned in this podcast. 
FIA makes no representations, warranties or guarantees as to the accuracy or completeness of any of the podcast's content. Reliance on the podcast contents is done at your own risk. FIA disclaims any and all liability or responsibility for any direct, indirect, incidental, special of consequential damages arising out of any use of reference to reliance on or inability to use this podcast or its contents. Any commercial use, resale or redistribution of this podcast without the FIA's express written consent is prohibited. Copyright 2019 FIA. All rights reserved. For more information, visit FIA.org.